Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Tuesday, September 8th. I'm Wayne Pratt. The pandemic is forcing parents and students to adapt to the world of remote learning, and some success stories are emerging. They've never seen him so engaged. They've never seen him participate or do his work or be excited about things, but that flexibility really helped him a lot. We will gauge some of the reaction to virtual learning in the era of COVID in just a few minutes. Medical marijuana dispensaries will not be open for a few more months because of state delays in Missouri in approving cultivation sites. The dispensaries in Missouri were supposed to be open by now. As St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports, some St. Louis cannabis entrepreneurs say this delay is actually helping their businesses. A big part of Zachary Post's business is teaching people how to grow their own marijuana. He owns Elite Home Growers Academy and holds twice-monthly workshops on Zoom these days. With dispensaries still not open and people stuck at home during the pandemic, he says business has been booming, especially for consultations to get everything set up. Post says people need tents, lighting, and other equipment. I didn't even calculate that side of the business. We got one phone call to do a tent installation, and we took pictures and put it on social media, and next thing you know, we've been busy ever since. Post says long-term, he'll figure out a way to coexist with dispensaries once they open. But for now, he says there's an opportunity for small businesses like his to catch up. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. The Illinois Department of Public Health is now releasing the weekly number of new COVID-19 cases among young people under 20 in each county. The metric is one of four the department publishes to assist local schools and health officials in making decisions about in-person learning. Dr. Vidya Sundarashan, an infectious disease specialist, says the numbers give a good picture of the spread of COVID-19. So reporting the youth cases separately is definitely a good indication of what's really happening in the community and in terms of community transmission. That's more relatable to what's happening in the schools. The state also provides guidelines for how to interpret the information. It recommends that significant changes in the data, such as a rise in the positivity rate above 5 percent, should prompt a discussion between education and public health leaders about changing learning methods, including moving all classes online. The 27th Ward Voter Empowerment Committee is providing St. Louis residents with tools to better understand the voting process. The group is hosting a Zoom meeting today with voter protection lawyers on how to properly fill out absentee and mail-in ballots. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. To slow the spread of the coronavirus, state officials are allowing many residents to vote absentee or by mail on Election Day. The 27th Ward Voter Empowerment Committee believes that with the increased amount of people voting absentee or by mail, many ballots will be deficient. Annetta Booth is the chair of the committee. She says in the August primary election, she witnessed a number of problems at the polls and with absentee ballots. We will make sure people don't make any mistakes filling them out because for a lot of people, this will be their first time using absentee ballots. Booth says since issues can arise with absentee or mail-in ballots, she encourages sending in ballots as soon as possible. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. 
Many students are more than a week into remote learning. Peter Medlin heard from parents about the biggest challenges so far and how families are handling the new normal. We've yeah. just had a morning recess in this hat. Oh no, what happened? I don't know, but she's just coming crying. Oh no. Did that land on your foot? Are your toesies okay? We'll have fun, okay? That is Colleen Chavez. She's a mom with two young kids in the DeKalb School District. Remote learning for her family is going more smoothly than she expected, save for a few recess injuries. DeKalb, along with other school districts in northern Illinois, delayed their in-person start in favor of remote learning. E-learning in the spring was overwhelming, and like many, Chavez's family chose to stop doing it. Now, she says, it feels like teachers have made it much more organized. But it has been tough for her daughter starting kindergarten. Christine Arriaga also has a kindergartner in DeKalb, and she struggled to try and help her daughter with her work. I was never trained to teach someone how to read and write. Her daughter had a video meeting with her whole class, which Ariaga described as a hot mess. She looked kind of down almost. I think it was probably because it is so hard for all of them to engage. I could tell she wanted to just unmute and engage and couldn't because that's not what they were doing in that moment. She says her daughter's done much better with pre-recorded videos that her teachers made. Carol Leadingham has seven children into Calp schools. Having them all work at the same time in the house hasn't been as chaotic as she imagined. Everyone has their own Chromebook and there's enough space, although siblings will occasionally cameo in the background of someone else's Zoom call. Nicole Herbert has also run into that issue, especially with one of her kids trying to talk with their social worker. It is very awkward, especially since when they do their Zoom meetings, you know, their siblings are around and they're like, they don't want them to hear. Remote learning has been successful for her kids, she says, especially her son in middle school. He has more options in the new digital format, like making a video instead of writing out an assignment. They've never seen him so engaged. They've never seen him participate or do his work or be excited about things. But that flexibility really helped him a lot. Teresa Nordquist has five kids who are students in DeKalb, and one of her son's assessments of e-learning made her feel a little bit better. It felt like school. He was like, well, it was a normal, boring first day of school. We went over the syllabus, but at least I was comfortable. She stresses that the teachers have been doing an excellent job getting creative within the confines of remote learning. Nordquist says she also sees potential for schools to utilize the advantages of e-learning beyond the pandemic. It could allow students to learn at their own pace, whether accelerated or if they need extra attention. She says it could open access to classes they wouldn't normally be able to offer. And right now, it gives her a window into a part of her children's lives she wouldn't normally have. I love being able to overhear what they're saying to their teachers and the way they're interacting with their classmates. Like, there's nothing like hearing your 13-year-old laugh at a comment by the science teacher. Childcare has been a major issue for some parents who work during the day when their kids would be in school. Lawanda Lacey and her husband were able to shift their work schedules, but they still have to have a babysitter for four hours a day. Her son runs cross-country, and that's one of the fall sports still running this fall, despite restrictions. Because they would run against Noah Kingston and they had a positive case, we opted for him not to do cross-country, just because that could potentially cause a COVID case. Lacey says her kids are still interacting with their friends. Nordquist agrees, and her kids and their friends have met up virtually over Minecraft. Other parents are more skeptical about their kids being able to connect with classmates. Christine Ariaga's daughter in kindergarten was especially bummed out about not being able to go to school for the first time in person. For her, school was, I get to meet other kids, and I'm going to meet my bestie. That's what she said. I can't wait to meet my forever bestie. 
It's unclear when students could start returning to school, but many DeKalb parents say they don't see it happening this fall. I'm Peter Medlin. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Before we wrap up, condolences are still coming in for Cardinals great Lou Brock. He died over the weekend. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred calls Brock, quote, an outstanding representative of our national pastime, and he will be deeply missed. Brock was inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame in 1985 and at that time reflected on what the sport meant to him as a nine-year-old growing up in Louisiana. Baseball could arouse and comfort me because in identifying with it, I felt free and alive. That is from Brock's 1985 Hall of Fame induction speech. Brock became a cardinal in 1964. Upon his retirement in 1979, he held the career stolen base record and would keep that honor until 1991. Lou Brock was 81. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.